You're listening to Tall Americano with Rob Clark. So I was listening to this podcast today, uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History. Uh, my opinion, one of the best out there. And so if you haven't listened or subscribed to that one yet, it's definitely worth the listen. But he was talking about a story and it really wasn't the main point of the story, but it was just kind of like a throwaway that I just found very interesting. And he, he was talking about Taco Bell. And I think everyone, know, it's safe to assume that everyone knows uh, about Taco Bell. And the thing that I found interesting, there was two things. The first thing was, is that Glenn Bell started Taco Bell. See, I always assumed that the Bell had something to do with their logo. You know, I'm thinking Bell Towers, things of that nature, but not at all. Glenn Bell and that's where the bell out of Taco Bell comes from. But the thing that I found really interesting was that it wasn't started as a taco place, but it was started as a burger place. So when Glenn Bell opened up this restaurant, it was burgers, and eventually he added tacos to the side because tacos are cheap, tacos are delicious, so of course, why not? And then eventually they became so popular, he just got rid of the burgers altogether. And now we have Taco Bell internationally around the world. And it just reminded me of all these stories that came to mind about how something started as one business and eventually went a different direction. Just find it super fascinating. And it reminds me of a story, again, that, that I heard with the Wrigley um, Corporation. And I'm sure you've had a piece of Wrigley gum in your lifetime. Most people have a billion dollar company. But they initially started out as a soap company, selling soap to people. And, and they added the piece of gum as a gimmick to get people to buy more soap. Now, the idea of buying soap and getting gum with it just doesn't seem to match up, and I wouldn't be interested in that, but it's a different time, and it seemed to work. And in fact, it works so well that people were buying the soap just for the gum. And so ultimately, if people weren't really wanting the soap, just give the people what they want, they become a gum company. The one that, that, that probably sticks out in my mind, the most recent one that I know about is Twitter. And again, I'm assuming everyone knows about Twitter. But initially, it wasn't the platform that it is today. It started out as Odeo. It started out as a podcasting company. And they were building this company. They had investors. They had staff. They had plans. They, they, had, it, they had it all. And then before they launched their podcast company, iTunes comes out. And the idea of Apple taking over the podcasting world uh, for Odeo, they just knew the writing was on the wall. And so out of that, they made some changes and eventually Twitter is born. The thing I find interesting about that story is that, that Odeo, they, they knew the writing was on the wall. They knew that who they were, they weren't able to compete. They were self-aware that they wouldn't be able to compete with Apple. And so they decided to switch it up. And that was the right decision. Twitter's huge. Again, a billion dollar company has done very well and has users all over the world. And I find it interesting because sometimes we, that makes sense with companies, that if something's not working well, or if we think that we're going to hit a dead end, or if there's just something that we're doing that isn't necessarily a primary goal and vision, but ultimately there's a better one, that these companies made the change. They didn't feel like they were so locked into their one idea that they were flexible enough that they could change. But it's just not businesses, though. As I thought about this, it made me think of a couple people that came to mind right away. And there's a guy that I follow, and he's got a podcast and YouTube channel and is all over the place, Gary Vaynerchuk. And he's this, as now he's known as, whether you know him as a personality or a speaker, or, or he's written a bunch of uh, New York best time sellers, 
but before all of that, before he got into a media agency, which he runs in New York City, before he did any of that, he was known as the wine guy. See, he worked for his dad in this wine business, and he was doing really well. And he started doing these videos online where he just sit and drink wine and tell people about wine. And he was known as the wine guy. In fact, the late night TV shows had him on to talk about wine. But then he decided that in his 30s, he wanted to change it up, that he didn't want to be known as the wine guy. So he got into business at a marketing agency. And, and, and he's done very well in a short amount of time within the last 10 years. Uh, again, it's a multi-million dollar company. Uh, I think probably a thousand or more staff right in the heart of New York City. He's doing very well. But there's one that I find even more fascinating. And, and you probably have heard the name Joe Rogan. Now, if you don't know Joe Rogan, he started as a comedian, I, I believe up in the Northeast, but he was a comedian. But then he kind of got this big break when he started to do a TV show called Fear Factor. And this was, again, years ago, but this TV show was kind of goofy. It, it basically had people eat weird things, like you'd eat like pig's brains and spiders, and then you have to do these weird things, everything that would try to scare people, and you'd have to push through. And, and that was his job. He was the Fear Factor guy. But he didn't stop there. And, and again, about 10 years ago, in his 30s, he decided to switch it up, and he started a podcast. And now it's one of the best podcasts in the world, the most downloaded podcast in the world. And so it just made me realize that these companies, and then more specifically these individuals, that because sometimes as, as human beings that we get in these ruts and we think that once we pick something, then we got to stick with it. Meaning that if we go to school for a certain degree then if we do anything else than what our degree says we can do, then it's a waste of time, it's a waste of money. And that sometimes maybe we've been working in a job for 5, 10, or even 15, 20 years, and we think that if we change jobs, that it's going to all be a big waste. Or that who, who are we to think that we can change, that we can adapt? But these stories, I think, are encouragement for us to realize that it's never too late, that we can adapt, that we don't have to be pigeonholed in, in something that we've done in the past. And, and I'm not trying to convince people to, to leave what they're doing, but there is a lot of people that are doing something, uh, whether it's in a city they live in, whether it's a job that they're working, or maybe the, the, the education that they're pursuing right now. And deep down, they know that's not what they want to do. Deep down, they know that they want to do something else, but they're afraid of what others may think, whether there's parents or their friends or just people that they don't even know. They're afraid to think, well, for 10 years, I was the insurance guy. And, and if I got stuck thinking like, that's who I am because I've done it for 10 years, then I would have never switched. And I went to a totally different profession and I went into vocational ministry and I became a pastor and a totally different kind of left turn. But but that happens all the time. People do that all the time. And, and we have a better opportunity now in the year that we live in than ever before. And so I just wanted to encourage you and, and to keep reminding myself that it's never too late. I recently saw a stat that said that the average uh, founder, the average entrepreneur is 42 years old. And so I'm 42 years old today. And so that makes me Think about all these people that have done it before me and all the people that are going to do it after me that, that decide that they want to do something else. They want to be somewhere else and, and basically reinvent themselves. And it happens all the time, but I, I do believe 
that we often will lie to ourselves and say, it can't happen. It can't happen to me. That this is just the hand that I've been given. I, I've been dealt this life and I can't do anything about it. And so use some of these stories as encouragement that there is time to reinvent yourself if you want to. There is time to make changes in your life, whether it's what you do or, or, or whatever it may be. There is still time if that's what you want. And so ultimately, what I want to remind myself over and over again, that we don't have to be who we think that we should be. Because if we do that, I believe we often sell ourselves short because there's always the ability and the time to adjust, to be flexible, to reinvent ourselves, to adapt. And too often we're pigeonholing ourselves into something, into some place that we just don't wanna be. Thank you for listening. And if you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. And it would mean so much to me if you left a rating or a comment. Reach out to me at any time at thisisrobclark at gmail.com.